When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We got a lot to get to, and we ain't got a lot of time to do it, so let's get right to it. The Longhorns put an old biblical, Old Testament-style butt-whipping on the Kansas Jayhawks, turned them into the Yardbirds. We'll get into that coming up here from Steve Sarkeesian his Monday press conference. Also, hey, USA, USA, USA. We'll talk about USA's first World Cup match. Just got done with it. We'll discuss it in detail with our soccer uh, extraordinaire, our soccer expert, Glenn Davis of Soccer Matters, coming on next segment to break that down for us. We got the flex at 345. Cowboys, how about them Cowboys? Talk about putting an old biblical-style butt-whipping on somebody. They put it on the Vikings, uh, so we'll get into the Cowboys and what that means for their uh, their upcoming championship hopes and dreams. We'll talk to our resident Cowboys fan about that. Also talk about the Texans. Hey, they lost, but hey, they're taking. So that was a good day for the Texans out there as well. We'll get into it. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dreams. Dream and the cheese. Pimping ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. He is Mike Hardball Hart. What's going on, my man? Man, it's, it's nothing like coming in on a Monday when your Cowboys win, mm-hmm. when your Texas Longhorns win, mm-hmm. and the Aggies lose. My hey. bad, my bad. They, 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 they won, but they lost. You know what I'm saying? Because they didn't feel like they won. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud car carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Bates. I appreciate the intro as always. That's not a waste any time introducing the real MVP, the idealionaire, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we do know that he's underpaid. Patrick Davis, how you doing, brother? Doing good, doing good on a Monday. Yeah. Hey, even my Raiders got away. Oh, 
Oh, man. man. There you go. Yeah, DJ was not happy about that, but I digress. <laughs> hey, it's always good to know there's someone worse than the Raiders. <laughs> it's the Broncos. And that yeah. is the Broncos. Well, and then that's worse than the Broncos, and it's the Texans. But the Texans are tanking, so technically that's a win for the Texans. They still have uh, the draft position that they want, which is the top draft spot in next year's draft. But I digress. Let's not talk about losers right now, gentlemen. Let's, Let's talk not. about the winners. That's what, uh, to the winner go the spoils. And today it's all about the winners and the Longhorns in that group. They beat the Kansas Jayhawks, and it was a, a dominant win. How about this, Harge? I got bored. During the game. Say what? That's how much of a workmanlike performance. It was a blue-collar effort because it was, I mean, it was so methodical. Yeah. That yeah. It, it re- there, was no, there were no surprises. There was the defense pretty much uh, shut down Kansas. We'll get, I think, you know, obviously the two big stories are B. John Robinson and that running game. Right? The, de- the defense they deserves slather, a lot of props. They slather it on they, there? Talk about putting some B. John on <laughs> there it. There you I go. Mean, they 20, slathered it on there. 25 rushes for 243 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, those are career highs, by the way, in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns uh, for B. John. Average 9.7 yards per carry. Basically done by mid-third quarter. Uh, then they started putting put some Jay Brooks on it. Yeah. Uh, and let, letting Kill. And he got his career. And he high. got, yeah. <laughs> and he got, so, it ain't no fun if your homies can't have none. All right, right you know how that goes. Right, I do. Uh, but yeah, I, I, listen, I said that the Kansas Jayhawks defense was going to be a slump buster. Uh, that's exactly what it was. Yep. But what I was most proud of offensively, listen, we expect Bijan to be great. That that actually isn't surprising for a lot of Longhorn fans to see Bijan do what he's doing uh, because the, you just got to feed the beast. Once you feed him, he'll become the you know extraordinary, uh, Im- extraordinary impact player that we all know him to be. Right? He's going to be the first running back drafted in the NFL draft. He should be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Probably won't happen this year, but he'll definitely be a national award winner. Uh, that's why you know putting some Bijan on it was my motto of 2022, and I'm glad that Sark humbled himself because that game plan game plan to me was all about humility. All right, he humbled himself, and it wasn't about the the passing game, and it wasn't about his really extravagant, exotic, uh, really you know cheat codes that I talk about, and all those force multiplies. No, he simplified the passing game, stripped it of sophistication and complexity, and really the verticality of it, um, and just let Bijan win the game for him, and turned his quarterback into a game managing bus driver, which was the perfect game plan to win that game. Well, that's the beautiful part about it. Is something that we've been talking about. For pretty much the entire season, and and the writing has been on the wall for a long time. The best way to offset a struggling young quarterback is to put some Bijan on him. The best way to make a quarterback feel comfortable is run the ball. I mean, we expected, we know how great Quinn Ewer's arm is, but the accuracy, the direction in which he throws, there's some things that he still needs to work through. You don't want to put those types of pressures on a kid like that in this type of situation, especially when you got somebody that we've talked about and you said it. If he does, if he's not up for a national award, you failed him. He's working on it. And yeah. this week we saw exactly what we should have been seeing all year. I mean, there's not a, a, a truer essence to what you've been talking about all year than that game right there. You understand? That's That's what it's all about. The guy went out there and performed the way we thought it was. You talked about the slump buster, and this is the way to get yourself going because of the fact what we had two weeks ago. Now we're getting a chance to look at it. That's, mm-hmm. That was beautiful performance all the way around. I mean, we've been saying somebody came at me just a little bit on Twitter just saying because I said four quarters equals change mm-hmm. because you got a chance to play the entire game. 
That was probably the best all-around performance by the Texas Longhorns, I would say, all season. I know people are looking at the 49 to nothing game against Oklahoma. I'm looking at this game. This game right here was a complete effort by both sides of the football. Yeah, Oklahoma was a dominant performance too, but uh, Oklahoma was so severely wounded. Right. As a they didn't, they the didn't have Dylan they didn't have a quarterback, yeah. you know, to me. Yeah, so they, I mean, Texas took care of business. No doubt. Um, no but, doubt. Yeah, I guess you could say maybe because this was a true road game too, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little bit more impressive, uh, but it was, a, it was just dominant. And aside from the running game, which 427 total rush yards, um, which that, you know, that's one of the, I think the 2000, I mean, you went back to Rice last year, you had 427. 2011 versus Tech, I believe you had 439 mm-hmm. total rushing yards in that game. So you've recently had some dominant performances, uh, but because this one was pretty much all about, you know, uh, the the human highlight reel that is B. John Robinson, um, you know, that's to me, and overall the offensive line. Right, Bijan, I think deserves a lot of the credit because some of those runs are just special. It's just him. I mean, some guys you would get some positive yardage there, but I don't know if you would have as many home run um, impact plays right. um, without without Bijan's just elite uh, skill set, um, his his vision, um, his his burst, his ability to go transition from speed to power. He just there's nothing he can't do at the running back position. Um, but I love this stat too: Texas first negative carry was with 12 minutes uh, left in the fourth quarter. Right. So they ran, they ran the ball. Uh, they basically It was a, a dominant running performance, and they obviously wanted to run the football uh, the entire game. But they didn't have their first negative carry until 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was, it, it was Jonathan Brooks. And that was when you had some of the younger players yeah, you on the offensive line. Yeah. So – you sit there and you say, okay, if you're waiting that late to have a negative uh, rush, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It really is, man. That's, and you talked about it, Rod, and we had talked about it in the pregame. What was going to be the number? Everybody kept looking at 40 being the number of rushes. They had 57, 57 attempts man. on the ground. 57. And just they did what, they, what we wanted them to do as far as the game plan. Totally impressive uh, game. By the Texas Longhorns on the offensive side of the ball. We had the questions during the pregame as well, talking about that old line. They came out and did their job, kept the pocket clean, and they were moving people up front. So there's not too much negativity you can bring to a butt whooping like that. Uh, they scored nine times and punted twice. So had the ball 11 times, ended up scoring nine of those. One of those punts, of course, ended up being the first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, they really got in the groove. So the offensive line was dominant. Uh, B. John Robinson was, you know, he was spectacular. He always is, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just That's just the way it goes with him. And I can't. Honestly, I can't wait to see him in this game versus Baylor because I think they're going to ride Bijan again. But we'll talk about the Texas Baylor matchup a little bit later on. Um, but you start looking at you know some of the other elements of the offense that I thought were pretty cool. Of course, we know Bijan. Uh, of course, he was the identity of the offense. But something you brought up, Harge, that you want to see more of. You want to see uh, more of Jay Witt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jay Witt get involved, and it was interesting last week when Sark was asked who on that offense played championship football versus TCU. He said only one guy, and that was Jay Witt. And I thought to some degree they rewarded Jay Witt. Yeah, 
for his his performance on that stage versus TCU and being one of the only guys that stepped up for him early on, you can tell there was even though they didn't throw the ball much, right. there was an intention to feature Jay Wood. I remember yep. that was his second touchdown drive, and I believe it was nine plays. Eight rushing plays, um, but then one passing play. And the one passing play was that pitch to Jay Witt. Right. And it was, I mean, it essentially is a running play. Um, they bring him in motion, pitch it to him. I think he ends up getting 12 yards in the first down. Um, there was an RPO that they tried to get to Jay Witt right, early on right. in the first drive. Yep. That, that, you can tell it was deliberate. He was, he's listening to your heart. He wanted to get to Jay Witt early on. And I think it was a reward for, hey, show, hey thanks for showing up versus right. TCU and giving us a shot because right. nobody else did. Well, and not only that, I think it was more to the, to your point on that. I agree. But I also believe too, it's like, what have we been doing? Like you had to when when you gave gave the numbers when he won the games on the road, the purple kryptonite. Mm-hmm. They gave the ball to Bijan thirty times. Yeah, he was on his way to thirty. And he was they they, they, they yeah. needed. They just like hey, no, we don't need it. But it's <laughs> one of those things of if if we give the ball to Bijan and we focus more on the guys that we know are going to show up, we can have success. And those are those missed opportunities that we can talk about when we look at the season, whenever the season ends, whatever may happen, we'll look at those certain games where you got away from the run. You started force-feeding one guy, not looking for the other guys, and you're going to go back and say, man, we had plenty of opportunities to, to feature some other guys throughout the season, and it just didn't make sense to us. That's the thing that I don't like when you have to go back and look at the season as a whole, and you're like, dang. We force-fed this. We did that. We got away from our running game. The games that I won, Bijan touched it 30 times. And the games that I lost, he didn't He didn't even get attempts. So those are the types of moments that I, I look at as a season. And those would be probably the only negative part of what I would say is missed opportunities that we just kind of slid by. How many times did you come in here on Monday talking about, the obvious answer was put some Bijan on it, and that yeah. would have kept you in different ball games. It's always the answer to yeah. the to every every question on the test. Pretty <laughs> right. much the answer is uh, give it to Bijan. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, Jay Wood had six receptions for fifty six yards. Yeah, like they, said, they targeted they did, him nine times. Yeah, and, and yeah. they targeted him early on yep. in, uh, in the game too. Yep. And I love that you know Sark he has he's become essentially a, kind of a slave to his tendencies recently, mm-hmm. and that's why teams have had that recipe against Texas. All right, let's uh, go all out. You know, just sell out to stop the run on early downs to stop Bijan essentially stacking the box, which uh, Kansas tried to do. They just they play with a single high safety most of the time, uh, but it, and then when passing downs, when Texas wanted to pass the ball, you just double X man and you try to force Quinn Ewers to beat you, put some pressure right. on the young man. Well. Really, Sark didn't allow you to execute that nope, game plan at all. He ran the football yep. so effectively, you know, you really couldn't focus on anything but stopping the run. And then when they threw the football, they really didn't uh, allow for teams to put pressure on Quinn Ewers because the ball was out quickly. A lot of screen game hard. Yep. Remember, you want the screen game? Yep. Screen game came into it. They only, he only had two targets of twenty plus yards in the entire game. Right. Only two targets of twenty plus yards. And one was down the sideline to, to one was uh, the incompletion worthy. to yep. Xavier Worthy, yep. uh, and the other one was the one that Jay Witt's kind of the over route to Jay Witt earlier yep. on in the game. That was it. Only four targets of uh, basically six targets total of ten plus yards. Right. 
So you, you, you had, shorten it up a little you, bit, you man. Know, make, like, them, make them come yeah. down in the box, and, he and was, then you can was a, take your shots. It was a brilliant uh, game plan. It was simplistically brilliant. His young quarterback was struggling, and if he's struggling, you know, give him give him layups, yep. easy completions, yep. high percentage passes. That's exactly what it is. for a screen game. He was seven of nine on screens. You're not, getting, you're not getting a ton of yardage, but one of your touchdowns was on screens to to Keelan Robinson. Yep. Uh, there were a couple of pass, passes downfield, but for the most part, he just made a. It was a very user-friendly offense. I was going to say, he simplified it. He dumbed very, it down, so to speak. Yeah, very, very yep. user-friendly. Your, your, your quarterback and your wide receivers are on the same page with your deep ball. And I know, Sark, what he envisions for. This is not what he envisions for the offense. This is not what he wants. Um, and I always say, you know, <laughs> life and football are a constant struggle between what you want to be and what you need to be in order to survive. Mm-hmm. What you need to be right now is a... Bijan focused offense and a heavy run oriented offense that is very user friendly for your quarterback when yours, which is quick game, screen game, tons of RPO. Remember the RPO usage was really yep. high in the game yep. early on. RPOs are really simple reads for him. Uh, he did a really good job, you know, reading the RPOs and deciding, hey, we're gonna hand it off or we're gonna are we gonna pass it right. based on the numbers in the box. Um, so he just he's prioritizing easy completions. And Jay Witt, by the way, to your point, Harge, is a big part of that. Yep. Every time Jay Witt's involved in the passing game, most of his passes are quick game. They're, with, they're right at the line of scrimmage, within five yards, wide receiver screens, bubble screens, tunnel screens, smoke screens, um, or he's the RPO guy right. in the slot a lot of the times, too. So a lot of your quick game is involved with Jay Witt. When they started to feature Jay Witt early on, it automatically, almost organically leads to them utilizing more quick game. Yeah, and I love the fact that they were trying to do so much more like that and the fact that he was, uh, Quinn Ewers, looked a little bit more comfortable with that type of offense. So you are are 100% correct. And I think sometimes when you think of a player and you try to give his talents – more than what he's capable of at this moment. If you talk to me in two years, his junior year, oh, we have no doubt he'll be flinging that ball, more Mm. connectivity with his wide receivers. Mm. He'll be making plays down the field because he'll feel comfortable with that. But when you just come out the box and we're like, let's go deep, let's go. Quinn throwing them bombs. We were all talking about it. We were all excited about to see it. But once we saw that it wasn't at the connect rate, Mm. It's like, let's reel this thing in a little mm-hmm. bit and start working on some of the shorter things. Make him feel good about what he's doing. Yeah. Because then he had to go and ask, answer all these different questions that we all started talking about it. Simplify for the young man. Be what, be, Put people in positions for them to succeed, and they will reward you. And you got rewarded this, this past weekend. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to be the game plan to beat Baylor. could be a different game plan to beat Baylor um, once we start watching film and diving into it. But there's no doubt, going up against one of the worst defenses in college football, you yeah, could, obvious. Yeah, you could <laughs> eviscerate Kansas just the way in which you did it, but also getting infusing your young quarterback with some confidence because he wasn't no. confident. You know, he seems like he's a lot more confident confident and comfortable within this style of offense. And there were a couple of throws that he made downfield that were really impressive. He made a throw to Xavier Worthy downfield. There was impressive the Jay Witt one, uh, the over route. So it's just bring him along slowly. Yep. I think Sark got a little infatuated with that big arm and Quinn throwing them bombs too well, right. instead of actually looking at the developmental rate of his quarterback and the trajectory. And it's like, Sark, Sark, he's not – I know what I know you're still seeing – I know Al- your vision. No, no. He, what he was seeing was first quarter versus Alabama and Oklahoma. And and, and we, we ain't gotten to, what, eight, nine games into the season. He wasn't that quarterback at that point. Right. 
That was just that was a glimpse of his ceiling. Correct. But he's a young quarterback. Young quarterbacks they they lack a baseline, so it's going to be a roller coaster. Sometimes he's going to look like okay, that guy's a first rounder, no question, unbelievable. And sometimes he'll be like, ooh, can uh, we give Hudson Card some reps? <laughs> right, this is not right. really what I thought it was going to look like. Right. So it, he's a he's a young quarterback. So with that, you're trying to develop a baseline for the young quarterback. And I think Sark, um, for some reason, he was almost fixated on that Bama. Oklahoma version of Quinn Ewers, and when reality he was regressing, and you right. had, and you need to stop the bleeding, and you you he weren't was hemorrhaging, he, exactly. he was hemorrhaging, he yeah. was drowning, yeah, and you were just ignoring it, and yeah. you had life preservers like you had like <laughs> all a, around, all you. around, arms full of, and yeah. you're just like, nah, he, he got this, he's gonna figure it out, he got this, like, come on, move your arms, <laughs> move your arms, you can swim, you can swim, out. you can swim, out. you know what, backstroke, back, back is strong, you got anything. that. He's dog paddling out there like Rod B, <laughs> barely keeping his head above water. So, yeah, and I'm glad now that's basically what that, that game plan was, man. A ton of life preservers. Yep. It was just easy completions, man. No doubt. It really was. Well, so, and, and you add in the fact that you have a defense that's playing really well woo! right now. Yeah. And you go, man, let him get rest. And they will put in four quarters of defense for you yep. and not let it be that second-half drop-off where the offense of the other team starts to go because you're getting three and outs. You're keeping the ball moving. You're keeping the clock running. And that defense played four quarters. And and to your point, Patrick, that's complimentary football, right? You yeah. want to well, help your defense out. Well, that's what he saying he wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're helping your defense out. Yeah. Because that defense looks fresh. And yeah, Kansas yeah. never, man, they never, they, they as, never as bad as a defensive team as Kansas, they are a good offensive team. Exactly. And they did not look like that. No, no, exactly. they, no. That's the more impressive part to me totally is that we shut down their good part. I agree. And I, you know what, I'll give the defense some credit because I assumed, you know, that that performance versus TCU, that was more about Gary Patterson's familiarity with them uh, and more about them game planning for that over a long period of time. And maybe Kansas were going to be able to confuse that defense a little bit. Not the case at all. They did not. Jalen Daniels looked. I've never seen – well, I hadn't seen Jamie Downs look that bad area, actually ever because right. last year was his first year starting. Right. And he it was against Texas and he balled out. And he was balling out at the beginning of the year and then he got hurt. Yeah. So this is the first time we've seen them look that bad. And I'll give props to the Texas defense, man. They just – they smothered Kansas. And it, isn't it ironic, smothered. too, that <laughs> it's funny because both quarterbacks that were having great years get injured, talking about Adrian Martinez. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Daniels, and their backup quarterbacks were bringing so much different things to the table and point. helping them move. And they bring the quarterback back, and they both struggle against the Longhorn defense right away. It's true. That's the wrong game to try to bring a quarterback back because his energy and his sharpness is not what yeah. it was when he was on a roll. That's fair, man. That's a good point. So I was thinking about that. I was like. Adrian Martinez came back to the to the Longhorns, and you kept saying the whole time, "Best way to attack Texas is will will spill will spill the pill." Well, yeah, not this, not, not, not real nice to three. <laughs> I know, real to three, baby. And, and I thought that the That's way that point, Bean though, was right. going to be, the way he was playing, he was in a rhythm the entire time, and now you take him out, and then don't even use him. Really, you didn't even. I thought use they was going to use the two quarterback right. guys. They played them after they took Jaden Daniels out, but right. they, they didn't play him. I'm like, what are y'all doing? You couldn't see it early, and yeah. what did he do in practice? We all thought he was going to play. We knew he was going to play, but we also got to remember when these guys come back from injury, they're not sharp. It's a great point. The game te- speed is different against Texas. Texas defense is right. I mean, it's fast. Yes, to Patrick's point, yeah, and it's 26 degrees and windy. <laughs> yeah. 
And you bring a guy back and, like that. And give Sark some credit. He brought that up today. Yeah. He's right? like, it was windy and cold. Uh, Run the ball. Yeah. Well, yeah. he played hey. that Sark sound. But that, yeah, he, <laughs> he really did. He, which yep. means he went in there, considered the conditions, and was like, you know, you know what? No, nah, we're going to run this rock. I, I see love the, that. I see this dude over here. Five, he's been talking to me, and I heard him uh, at the at hey. the presser. Um, Bijan said, Sark and I have a different relationship. I'm now able to go in and tell him what I'm feeling. Ooh. And and mm-hmm. he said, Tashar Choice has helped me with that because I'm the guy that goes in and I'm just whatever he calls, I'm going to do. But they taught me how to go in and speak up. So it was good. I was I was glad to hear because I listened to the post game because I wanted to hear how everything happened, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you just talked about, about Sark coming in and saying the weather conditions pretty much made me yeah. go in there and give the ball to Bijan, which – by the way, is the best recipe you could possibly have for no dinner. No doubt, yeah. <laughs> but he, but yeah, he said the wind, and he yep. brought up Oklahoma State yep. and how he learned his lesson from yep. dealing with the wind in the big in Big Twelve country. And I thought that was astute, amazing. And I was really impressed with Sark. And yes, uh, CB Sark. It, no, he's not Coach Steven. Nope, he balled it, out, yeah, yeah. did his thing, and that, Coach that was, Sark. Is that when he scored a touchdown? Because yeah, it gone six quarters without scoring a touchdown <laughs> going to his game. Well, they made up for lost time. Stevens. No doubt, they I made mean, up for lost time. I screen pass to Xavier Worthy on the first play of the game. I was like, okay. Yeah, all, right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I feel like we're in this game. No, I'm with you. <laughs> you threw it to Xavier Worthy on the right part of the field. We're all happy. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. No, it, from exactly. the jump, like I said only two passes of 20 plus yards. I know it took every fiber of his being. <laughs> He's over there talk looking about, at that paper. Talk about the <laughs> discipline. He's like shaking like Tyrone oh, Bingham. I want to call this. I want to call this. Oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, what's right? I'm going to do it right thing. I'm going to call this screen. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm yep. glad. No, because I'm. I can just say, like I said that he has an affection for it. He he has a an inclination, infinity, an obsession, really, uh, for the deep ball. And we know he wants to, it to be a part of his offense because it's almost he wants his offense to be aesthetically pleasing. He talks about yeah. how he wants it to be something that is visually attractive to recruits and to young people and to fans. Yeah. And we've all said it. We, we admire about Sark. He's like, no, actually, Lowen fans like his offense. They love oh, Sark's yeah, it's, offense. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Yeah. It's actually one of the first offenses where Lowen fans don't really complain about the actual system, the right. offensive system. Right. They complain about you know some of the tendencies and the play caller maybe, but not the system itself. Uh, and Sark decided, no, you know what? It ain't going to be pretty. Right. But it's going to be extremely effective, and I'm glad he did. That uh, we know the offense is pretty. We just want the wins now. We yeah, know how we, we, we want to. Yeah, we <laughs> we understand. I'm just looking at we that left hand like, column <laughs> where it says W. Yeah, we know that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trust me. That that hey, the running game can be a beautiful thing. So yep. I'm glad uh, Sark found a way to get the win. That was important. Uh, okay, we'll hear from Sark. My man Patrick was over there. Patrick, what was, what was the mood of Sark over there? Oh, it was pretty good. Good pretty, mood, huh? It was a pretty good mood. Uh, yeah, he, he was, was joking around. Yes. We had some good jokes in there. Yeah. I did did yep. he joke around with uh, John Bianca from the beginning? Because Bianca was like, all right, guys, let's go. And he's like, why so serious? Didn't, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I think it was that. And it was Ed, <laughs> Clem- uh, Ed Clemens asked him about uh, his sweater. He wanted to get one of his sweaters. And then he's like, he's like, no, I'm an XL now. I lost some weight. Okay. <laughs> so so yeah, they had that was, conversation. He was, uh, he was, I, I noticed that. He was joking from the hey, jump this time. Dubs hey, make you happy. They make everybody hey, happy. Exactly. And then you're going to end it with him telling Seth not to stalk him. Yep. That's how he ended it. That's right. Missed that. Oh yeah, it's great. Man, we got we'll, it. We'll we got it. it. Yeah, we got he it. told us that not stuck. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yep. I like that. Uh, my man, Seddy Bear said yep. golden. Yep, say yep. golden. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. Okay, we'll get to some Sark sound.
Carolina. We promise you that. We'll get to that. If we don't get to all of it coming up in the top of the five uh, for Rod's round of the day, we'll just get to that Sark sound. We like to hear when Sark's in a good mood. No doubt. I mean, it's a dub. It's a uh, dub. All right, we'll come back. We got Soccer uh, Matters. Glenn Davis joining us on the other side. We're talking soccer. USA! USA! In the World Cup. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to the horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chad and Varsity Blues, for me, is the... There's a train a coming. Get on board. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday. Uh, the intention was to uh, soothe the uh, tortured soul of sports fans whose teams may be dealing with the L over the weekend. Not the case for Longhorn fans. Not the case for Cowboys fans. Uh, hell, not the... Not the case, really, for uh, the Texans fans out there either, because even when they lose, they actually win because they're taking. Uh, all right, let's let's get to our very special guest we got for us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. He is our resident soccer expert, also the host of Soccer Matters that you can catch uh, on, on the horn. Uh, actually, this week, we're moving it to Wednesday. Going to have a Wednesday Soccer Matters at 8 p.m. Um, but joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, Glenn Davis. Updates brought to you by Daspit Law Austin. DaspitLawAustin.com. 512-865-6710. Wow, man. He's got an official intro and a sounder and everything. Uh, Glenn, (laughs) we appreciate your time, man, because we know that you are really busy, uh, especially right now um, because uh, the World Cup is happening. So we appreciate your time. How are you doing, Glenn? I'm doing good, guys. Enjoying the World Cup like you guys. And, and, and of course, you know, grateful that uh, we got Daspit Law on board, but also that the horn is uh, very embedded into the, the sport of soccer now, obviously with Austin FC, but, but also with our every four-year World Cup, which, you know, uh, 8 billion people on the planet, supposedly four and a half to 5 billion are watching it. So we're in good company. Well, let's get right to it, Glenn. Uh, we didn't, I watched uh, some of it, but not all of it. My wife was watching it when I left the house, and I was like, oh, everything's all good. USA is up 1-0. They're going to just cruise along. Not the case. They ended up uh, with a, in a draw with Wells uh, in that first uh, uh, group uh, matchup there with Wells. Tell us, uh, what are your thoughts about what you saw and what you witnessed? Is this a surprise that Team USA, as young as they are, what are they, second youngest team, um, I believe, uh, in the World Cup this year? Is this a surprise, or is this uh, disappointment where are you now at your thoughts about this no i think we're all disappointed and i think the the young u.s players are uh, as a young team they are young but they're not young and experienced i mean they're playing on some of the biggest clubs in the world juventus chelsea dortmund uh they've played on barcelona milan so you know i i sensed after this game watching some of the interviews that there there is a big disappointment first 45 minutes they were excellent um, sharp technically, well, well organized, looking really good against the Wales team that was kind of daring them, 
to break them down, sitting back and defending deeper and, and basically playing in transition. U.S. put together a phenomenal goal as Christian Pulisic kind of got in central, the playmaker for the U.S., found a great pocket of space, ran at a defense, picked out a run from Tim Weah, who, who then just with the outside of his foot beat uh, the goalkeeper for Wales, Hennessy. So, you know, they got the very important first goal. I think we are all anticipating Wales now has got to come out of their shell and is going to have to try and turn the game a bit. And I think they did in the second half. They were probably the better team because they made it a more chaotic game. Um, and then, you know, everything's magnified in a World Cup. The U.S. center back Walker Zimmerman went into a tackle he probably didn't need to against Gareth Bale, who's got his back to goal. But it's in the penalty box. Fouls him, penalty. Bale hits it 1-1. And then you see two teams that are just going back and forth. And really, at that point, anybody could have won the game. But, but the way the U.S. controlled the first 45 minutes, you kind of say to yourself, you know, during your best times, you got to get a second goal, and they didn't do that. You know, we're sitting here, Glenn, and we were talking about it a little bit. I was watching. I got a chance to pretty much watch the entire game. In the first half, we seemed so aggressive, and we were taking chances, and they were flying up the up the field. But then uh, in the second half, it looks like they kind of slowed down a little bit and weren't being as aggressive. I thought there were a couple times they sh- should have taken some shots, and they kind of passed it around a little bit, and they weren't playing – that style of, of soccer that they played in the first half. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think you're really pointing it out that it, that is a difference between the first and second half. I think part of that is also because, you know, Wales became more aggressive and tried to get higher up the field, um, and, you know, made a couple of changes. They brought on Moore, who's a guy who's about six foot and started playing direct. So it kind of turned it into a more chaotic game. And that's, that's where, you know, you kind of wanted the U.S. to wrestle some control back, and they never really were able uh, kind of to do that. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, that's kind of part of the maturation process for, for this team that is, that is a young team, but I think they were capable of it. Their subs came on. It really turned into a bit of an up-and-down track meet. Um, and, and, and I would just say a bit of controlled chaos, and then it's sometimes just total chaos um, with, with either team having a chance to win it here. But this was the second half. You wanted to grab control back of the game, and I, I don't think the U.S. ever did it to their liking. Yeah, I don't think so either. We're talking to Glenn Davis of Soccer Matters. And, Glenn, I wanted to ask you too, Christian Pulisic, Pulisic excuse me, he – it seems like every team that ever plays against him tries to beat him up immediately. I mean, it's like this dude gets more <laughs> people coming at him than anybody I've ever seen on the pitch. What, number one, I understand because he's the the face. They kept calling him Captain USA, Captain America during the game. But is that just something that people have looked at him and said, we got to attack him and take him out and try to get him out of his game? Yeah, there's no doubt. He was targeted. I I think it'll be the same thing with England on Friday. Um, I think that's because everybody knows he's a guy who can make plays like he did to set up the first goal with Tim Weah. So, you know, targeting a player like that. Now, this is where I think the game might have been refereed better because, you know, the the guy Mepham, who was wearing number five, must have fouled him five times on his own. Yes. Um, Probably should have been sent off. Never was. And, And I just thought there was a blurred line of, of fouls and you know at the end of the day referees have to protect all the players but 
They also need to protect the skilled players that get targeted. So I, I don't think he passed with flying colors. And there were some incidents where guys were, were laying on the ground, game continued, mm-hmm. or he stopped it at certain times. So I think there was a little confusion there. Um, that said, I think Christian Pulisic has to be prepared for this. Uh, so, you know, the, he has mechanisms um, to defend against getting fouled repeatedly and, 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 you know, targeted physically. One of them is hopefully, you know, the way a game is refereed, but, but two is getting the ball off his feet quickly. But you can see he had his moments of doing some very, very good things, and you can see why he is, you know, the, the future playmaker of the United States. Hey, Glenn, who do you think is the breakout star for the American team uh, when this World Cup is over? Uh, right now, largely a lot of long, a lot of sorry, a lot of Americans don't really know who these who the team are, who the stars are. Who do you think is the breakout star on this group? Well, I think the best player for the U.S. today for me was Tyler Adams, who, who's playing as a number six, you know, holding midfielder. Broke a lot of plays up. Uh, is a very young captain. Uh, amazing story this young man, but uh, just the way he carries himself in a game and the ground he covers, he broke up a lot of plays and and provided support for his teammates from a decision-making standpoint. And then the other one I would think is Eunice Musa, who plays in midfield for him, who had a couple of really exciting moments on the ball, is capable of beating people off the dribble and, and joining in very athletic uh, uh, player that plays in Spain. So, um, the U.S. midfield was exceptional, I thought, in the first half. Second half, that changed. Uh, Glenn Davis, actually at Glenn Davis SOC in the Twitterverse. Is that correct, Glenn? Yeah, at Glenn Davis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure I get it right. For, you know, socks, some people might put a K at the end of that. I want to make sure I get it right for the folks out there. No, I, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but Glenn Davis, the host of Soccer Matters, you can catch it right here on 104.9 The Horn. And it's going to be this week, moving it around because of YouTube. It's going to be on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Make sure you catch it. Hey, Glenn, uh, promise us that you'll come back on with us, man, and help us break down soccer. You were fantastic. Anytime, anytime you guys like, and thanks so much for having me on your program, and, and I appreciate the good questions and the conversation. It's great fun. Uh, it's an incredible event, and, uh, you know, with all its controversy, you know, we're down to watching the games and the players and, and the tactics, and that's what it's all about. Hey, Glenn, before we let you go, one other thing. What's next for, uh, for Team USA just in uh, the, the next stage and next round? What, what, what are we looking for? Yeah, so that so you know because they didn't take the full three points. Fights, fights. Uh oh, I think he went down a portal. <laughs> he might have went down the portal. <laughs> I think he He's got. Like, I'm I think out he went out to the transfer here. portal. <laughs> I mean, transfer portal got my man Glenn. He's like, I'm out of here. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, we're, we're blinking. I don't know what happened there. Actually, I, yeah. let's make sure Glenn's okay. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll check bring, on that yeah, later. We'll, yeah, we'll bring Glenn back on. He's fantastic. We'll probably bring him back on later this week. Honestly, yeah, for sure. Because uh, he's fantastic. Of Soccer Matters is yep. going to be on Wednesday at eight p.m. Uh, at Glenn Davis Sock um, SOC. Yeah, in the Twitterverse. I like that. All right. I hope he's okay. Yeah, I think he is. Okay. <laughs> I think he was just, he probably was walking somewhere. Yeah, he, was like, still, he was still on the line. He's still so on the line. He, so it the, still said he was on there. He okay. just he couldn't hear him anymore. All so. right. Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, Glenn <laughs> Davis is fantastic. We appreciate his time. All right. We'll come back. Uh, we got the flex on the other side. Uh, we'll get into the flex, let you know what's on flxatx.com. Also, uh, let you know about all of the other upcoming high school football matchups and also volleyball. There's some volleyball oh, props yeah. that we need to give. We'll do that. Uh, on the flex. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 Home.
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. Uh, also, a time for our Flex segment. Uh, we get into our FLX segment, flxatx.com. Uh, that's the website. Go to flxatx on all of your social media platforms as well. Uh, shout out to the texter here who says, since Glenn... Uh, Hopefully he's okay, but got sucked into the transfer portal there. Uh, he said, we play England on Friday, and we need to get a result since we only got one point from this game. Yep. So there you go. Yep. All right. Uh, and England is the real deal, as Harge was telling me in the break. Yeah. Because um, uh, England apparently put a butt whipping. They put a butt whipping. Now, obviously, the team that they played today, Iran, was not up to par, so to speak. Yeah. But they have a lot of skilled players as well that – that Glenn was talking about. Mm-hmm. I watched that that game this morning, and they're aggressive. Okay, and there's some big old boys out there too. So <laughs> grown men out there playing on that uh, side. And field. we and we we're grown men, but we're yeah. youngsters. We're young. Bucks. In, yeah, I think the second yeah. youngest team in in all of the World Cup is uh, Team USA. So yeah. uh, their inexperience showed a little bit in that uh, the second. Uh, the, basically the second half of that match there uh, against Wales where they had control of it for most of the match and then uh, things got away from them. Okay, let's talk about the uh, Texas high school football action, uh, the scores from the last week's playoff or this past weekend's playoff action. Uh, you did have Lake Travis uh, beating Cibolo Steel mm-hmm. 24-21. Yep. Clutch. Clutch. Wow. Big kick on the walk-off. They walked it off as well to win the game. A uh, lot of action uh, Lake Travis was up 14-0 at halftime. Came back out in the second half. Still, obviously, undefeated team's going to come out and play hard, and that's exactly what they did. And tied the game up 21-21, last second drive. Got in position for a field goal, 35-yard field goal, and they get the dub. They yeah. get the dub. Big win. Yeah, that is a huge win for them. Um, and, I mean, they're a dangerous team because you know they got a lot of playoff experience. They were dealing with quarterback injury issues all season mm-hmm. long. Uh, but now I think they're getting healthy at the perfect time. Westlake. And their running game is on point. Ken that, That's why they and, – and the quarterback, Leon, too. Yeah. He, he's, he's pulling that thing out and running. Huh. So he's doing a good job as well. Yeah, so seems, they got some depth down seems there. Seems to be a theme as yeah. you get later on, late yep. in the year. You can run the rock. You're going to be in a lot of good situations. Run the rock helps a lot. Um, go ahead on, <laughs> <laughs> uh, For Westlake, 45-14 win over New Braunfels. And so that's 52 now? Is it 52? 50, 52. Officially 52. I lose count. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I really do. They, they're, they're just a machine. Uh, Vandergriff, 37-7, win over Judson. Um, and uh, the uh, 5A scores, you have Georgetown, 55-22, uh, win over Magnolia West. Liberty Hill. Ooh, Liberty Hill, 63-14 to win over Mercedes. Uh, Port Neches Groves uh, with a 24-19 win over Bell BJ. Yeah, season ended for LBJ. Man. Good run again. Great but, run. But, you know, people have been talking about their schedule and how things look. No, they went out there and balled and just came up a little bit short. Came so, up a little bit short. Yeah, so did the Lockhart Lions uh, to losing the Flower Bluff. Great game, 49-42, yep. so a bit of a nail-biter and obviously a shootout, uh, but Lockhart comes up short. Uh, they got a good program, though, they're building out there at Lockhart. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4A scores, uh, Wimberley beats uh, Orange Grove, 48 48- to, to zero, Lago Vista uh, beats Sinton forty-two to seven, uh, and Gerald thirty-five to twenty-one win over Port Isabel. So we got some. We got a bunch of teams that are going to be making their rounds again 
Lago Vista is going to be playing uh, Geronimo Navarro this Friday, one thirty mm-hmm. at Huddle. Like uh, Wimberley's going to be playing Gerald up at Gupton Stadium in Cedar Park this okay. Friday as well. Uh, Liberty Hill versus Alamo Heights in Bastrop. And Georgetown like will take on uh, College Station, who they beat earlier this year when College Station was ranked number three. Mm. Uh, they will play Friday night in Waco, 6 p.m. Okay. Yeah, uh, man, it's we'll get. I mean, you, you can find out all the uh, information about the upcoming round of playoffs. Actually, go to uh, flxatx.com, flxatx on all your social media platforms. Also, a lot of other great stuff up there. Remember, coming, I think, November 28th, actually, we are going to release our all flex teams for football uh, for the best area uh, young football players voted on by all the on air oh, staff and yep. the flex crew. For sure. Uh, and it's it's anonymous, so we don't even actually know how we all voted. Uh, but if you've been listening to the shows, you probably know how we voted. But either way, that's coming out uh, November 28th, so we're really excited about that. Also, want to uh, give some props yep. to the Dripping Springs volleyball team. Yeah, yay. Yeah, man. How about this? You are 6A state champ. State champions. Wow. Yeah, they and got some big time players. Didn't they just make the leap? Yeah, this was the first time this that the they've first been in. Year, yeah, right? This is the Man. first year in 6A. Yeah, and proving in volleyball and football yeah. that Dripping Springs can go. Because they are also advanced. Yeah, football uh, team advanced. Round. They play Harlingen yeah. in, in the Alamo Dome Friday at 11 a.m. Dripping Springs versus 12-0 Harlingen. Uh, my man Zach Lucero uh, ended up uh, getting uh, some great footage of the head coach, yep. Dripping Springs Volleyball. Talking about volleyball now, by the way. Yep. Uh, volleyball head coach. That's up on the website. Uh, and then they got apparently got a stellar squad, of course, obviously. But they also got a lot of guys, uh, a lot of women, excuse me, ladies headed to the next level to play volleyball. Yep. So that's really cool. So go check that out, flxatx.com. And, and the MVP of the tournament mm-hmm. was Mackenzie Plant. I want to say plant or plante. Uh, she won MVP, and she's also a Tennessee signee. Yeah. yeah. Um, Big time. Man, that's and, impressive. And they also have a 6-4 freshman named Henley Anderson, who's going to be one of the top recruits in the nation coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, so As a freshman. The uh, ladies, <laughs> ladies in Dripping Springs represent, yeah. So they might be a, I'm um, talking about a powerhouse yeah. in volleyball, uh, proving they could do it at the six A level too. Um, so that's also up there. Go check that out. Uh, and uh, there's plenty of other content up there for your uh, your 2022 football all district 115A D2 selections. Uh, a lot of that stuff is up there yep. too. So there's just a ton of great content. So shout out to Snoop Snoop, JJ Don, my man Zach Lucero. Uh, also uh, shout out to my man Nolan Hogan doing a great job. Derek, he's over there working really really hard. So the crew keeps growing. Uh, they're working really hard at flxatx.com. flxatx on all your social media platforms. We'll come back. We got to talk Cowboys on the other side. Big win for the Cowboys over the Vikings. What does it mean for their championship hopes? Come on now. We'll discuss it with our resident Cowboys fan. How hardball hard. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.